Hey, Dad, what do you do when you're out with friends? The waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up, and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help. Mm, that's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge. You grab the bull by the horns. You find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision. And just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate, that's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there, and you get to that little clubhouse there, and they've always got the candy bar options, and I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer, and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice-cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. You're listening to DraftKings Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo with Mike Golick Jr. That is me. Uh, not with me, as always. Still, Brandon Newman, super producer, enjoying some vacation. Drew and Isaiah holding it down on the ones and twos this week. No longer with me, my father, Mike Golick Sr., who in about 45 minutes will tee off at Edgewood Country Club as he gets set to try and take on uh, the American Century Golf Tournament for the first time in his career. And so we had to call in the big guns on a Friday. Uh, joining me now... One of my former col colleagues, like work brother and uh, former ESPN radio and digital host, Jason Fitz, dusting it off, man. Jason, you've been now on the shelf for two weeks. I've seen you turning into an Instagram influencer and your time off now. How are you, man? Thanks for joining the show today. Well, first and foremost, I got to thank your dad, you know, for being comfortable enough to let the show get better looking without him for a day. I mean, I, it's a big step, you know, but I'm nothing if not dashingly good looking and charming. So yeah, no, I'm excited. You know, I've spent the last couple of days uh, really embracing my role as a social media influencer. It feels good, you know, uh, posting my dog and local restaurants. So I really feel like I'm taking off Mike, but I'm always going to remember the little people, buddy. Like, I, I feel like it's important to come back to my roots and, uh, and uh, you know, remind you that uh, this, this is really who I am. Yeah, no, uh, trust me. I, I know, unfortunately, all too well who you really are. It's certainly not an Instagram influencer, but I can appreciate and applaud the effort. For anyone unfamiliar, and if you didn't know, uh, Jason and I got to work together a lot at ESPN, both in the ESPN digital department, which we basically helped build on ESPN radio on a number of junctures. Although outside of the sp uh, spot on Golik and Wingo Fitz, never actually together on a show like this. We always joke that we were ships in the night while at the worldwide leader, but both on the other side now. And uh, Jason, I know, uh, you know, a lot of people I saw a great outpouring on social media a couple of weeks ago as, you know, the news was announced and your time at ESPN came to an end here. And I did want to just say, you know, it, I, I don't know, you know, I know you and I have talked plenty since everything happened with the layoffs at ESPN and talked plenty about your attitude towards this situation. But I have to imagine it was in, in its own way, while in bad circumstances, tremendously satisfying to see all of the things that a lot of our peers had to say about you as a professional, what you'd meant to them work-wise there. It, it is a, a hell of a mark that you had left in your time at ESPN, and I hope you do appreciate clearly what you meant to a lot of people. Yeah, I, I think, you know, Mike, like the funny thing, and we talk so much about this in life, but like to me, all I ever cared about was trying to make impact to people 
and then trying to get respect from people that that know. So I always said in the music business, right? Like the goal is to be on a song that people remember. I was lucky enough to do that a few times. And then the goal was also to make sure that people in the music business that should know would look around and even if they hate the band you're in, even if they hate the music you, you make, you still want them to look over and be like, man, he's really good at that, right? Like that was always a goal. When I switched over to sports, it was the same goal. It's like, how do you become like for, for so many of us growing up, Rich Eisen, Stuart Scott, like, uh, they're, they're uh, Berman. They're all part of like ingrained memories I have as a Raiders fan. Right. So like, how do you become part of that ingrained memory for a sports generation? And then how do you get, you know, to the point where hopefully the people that should know do respect your work. I think the most powerful thing, cause I have so much like thankfulness and, and pride in my heart. Like I'm thankful for what ESPN gave me. I'm proud for the work I did. I'm proud for the work we did, but like the outpouring of support was really incredible from people that, I consider legends. People like, it was stunning to look at my phone and think, man, like a few years ago, I was watching this guy on TV. And now not only does he know my name, but he cares enough to reach out, right? Like, I think to me, that was the most surreal thing. Cause like, when you, if you go back to my first ever TV show for anyone that doesn't know, ESPNU, me, Mike Golick Jr., Elika Sadegi, we did a college football show. And at that point, I was a fiddle player that quit the band with no idea how I was going to keep my lights turned on, but I got this shot and I was going to take it, right? Like, how much different is life now when, you know, frankly, there are people out there in the world that only know me for sports. And, like, when I turn around and I'm like, oh, I also did music, they're like, oh, really? What was that? So, like, I, I think that just speaks to what the last few years have been. So, like, that's why, you know, through this process, people want me to be mad or people want me to be all these different things. Nah, I'm just so grateful and so thankful for what ESPN even gave me because it changed my life. Like now I've done it at the worldwide leader of sports and now I get plenty of time to figure out where I want to do it next. So it's kind of awesome. Yeah, no, it's, it's a great point and a great perspective. It's the, it's the ride along theory I've always had. Like some people only know ice cube as the guy from ride along at this point. <laughs> and it's kind of that same deal. And it, it, you know, on a, on a different scale, certainly I think the transition from lady antebellum to where you are now is a little bit different than the transition from NWA to being a beloved family sitcom or a beloved family comedy star. But you know, there's some similarities there between you and cube yeah. maybe. Well, I mean, I'm, we're both Raiders fans. That's where the celebrity, like the, the similarities end at the fact that we're both Raiders fans. In fact, I, we interviewed Cube a couple weeks ago on radio uh, and it, A, it was a terrible, I've had two interviews in the last few months that I've really blown. Uh, he was one of them because the whole time I was thinking like, oh my God, this is a legend. And then I didn't know what am I supposed to call him? Am I supposed to call him Cube or am I supposed to call him Ice or am I supposed to call him Ice Cube? Like, I don't know what to do with that. I'm a middle-aged white dude talking to Ice Cube. Like, how am I going to do this and not be me? So that was one. And then the other one that I absolutely butchered with Larry Johnson, because you know my Vegas roots. Like, I grew up watching those UNLV teams. He came on, and the whole time I was just like, I, I might as well have been Chris Farley, where it's just like, man, I'm such a big fan. Like, I didn't really have any. It was just such a big fan over and over again. So, yeah, hey, way to go out with a bang. <laughs> yeah, no, the Chris Farley show, that's what we're worried about today. Uh, Fitz, I don't know if I told you, but as my dad's getting ready to tee off out here in American Century, the only celebrity out at this tournament that's full of them, right? And it's really football heavy this year. We saw John Elway, uh, you know, there around there last night. Travis Kelsey was phenomenal with karaoke. Marcus Allen, I saw walking through the halls of the hotel here. The only person my dad wanted to meet is Ray Romano. Him and my mom religiously watch Everybody Loves Raymond. And so they are now paired together today for the round. It's my dad, Ray Romano, and Mike Brabel in this group with Stu Gotts as my dad's caddy. And we will get to, coming up, we got a great show today. As always, download, subscribe, rate, review, and leave us that five-star rating. We've got a great show coming up where we will revisit Stu Gotts Aaron Rodgers, Jake Owens gate, as I saw last night and ran into Jake Owens and apologized again on behalf of Stu Gotts, who spent 20 minutes talking to him on the range, accusing him of being Aaron Rodgers and Jake Owen being as nice as he is just going along with it for his sake. We've got plenty of the tape to get to on their interactions here coming up in this show. And we'll try and break it down as best we we can. Can we dial into the fact that you just said rate, review, subscribe? What was that spiel like? Rate, review, subscribe, leave us that five-star review. You said that so effortlessly. I'm impressed. Like one thing that people don't realize when you work at ESPN a long time is that we got used to, especially at one period, it was like you could just with your eyes closed, you could be like, oh, it's, it's, you know, Fitz and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. All Like we went through all this time where like all callers join us on the whatever hotline. Like you get so used to it. You just did that with rate. Re rate review subscribe give us that five star. i mean that was that was chef's kiss on that that was well done by you
It's the life you learn becoming a podcaster, Fitz. It immediately just <laughs> got to rewire the resets in your brain there. Um, speaking of uh, rewiring here, so we've got you coming up. We'll have that coming up on the show. Plenty of college football news to get to from Big 12 Media Days and beyond, too, since that's the bedrock of your and I's relationship. Fitz, I need to know, so you've been now on the shelf here making social media influencer videos for the last two weeks. A lot's happened in the world, so I wanted to give you the opportunity. Is there any pent-up takes that you've had to get off, anything from the last couple of weeks? We had Victor Wembignana going on. We had Dan Orlovsky tweeting about shower stuff. We had all sorts of things. Is there anything you needed to get off your chest from the last couple of weeks here that you didn't have the opportunity to with the microphone away from your face? Okay, let's start with Victor, okay, because this one, to me, what blew my mind, and even talking to other radio stations and just doing interviews, everybody, after one game, everybody's freaking out about one game from a kid trying to figure out how to grow into an NBA superstar. Like, the problem is never going to be Victor Wembanyama. The problem is going to be the way we cover Victor Wembanyama, because very simply, he needs time to grow. Look at his frame, Mike. Like he needs time to grow into who he's going to be. I'm not saying he's going to end up being Giannis, but look back at what Giannis looked like in year one versus Giannis. Now guys can put on frame when they're working in the NBA with trainers and nutritionists. You know this. I keep looking at Wembenyama and saying, hey, we got to be patient because ultimately who he's going to be today doesn't really matter. What matters to the Spurs, to Pop, and to the NBA is who he is in three to five years. So it's a glorious position that he goes into because he can go to Pop, who's not going to give a damn what any of us think. Pop's going to put him on load management on the outset. We're going to yell about it. He's not going to care. Wembenyama doesn't have to care. San Antonio's not going to care. They're all going to be patient in this process. My fear is that in the world we live in where we want drama every day in the NBA, we're not going to be patient enough. Like everybody needs to sit down, shut up, color in their books, and realize that at some point Wembenyama will be great. But let's give him the time to marinate to do that. It's wild to me that two games in, everybody has to have a hot take on Victor Wembenyama. What, you're surprised by the sports take industrial complex looking at the most heralded number one overall pick since LeBron James and Fitz, I think importantly in that, a guy that we did not get any sort of pretext on, right? We didn't get to watch him come up. We didn't even get to do the Zion thing with him where you were a part of Zion mania and all the hoop streams that would go follow him, Zion cam we had for games. Like we at least had exposure to him. This guy, we had a couple of YouTube highlights, things that would occasionally make their way to Sports Center. And so we're working with even less knowledge depth than we normally have. And a player who is still being sold to us as better than everything we've seen. And he's big. He's just flat out big. I don't know how you're surprised by this. I, I, maybe I'm not surprised. Maybe, maybe you know, to use the word all, all parents have ever used, maybe I'm just disappointed. But, I mean, at some point you have to look at it when you talk about Wembenyama. And, like, you're right. Okay, that's the world we live in. And we didn't have a lot of headroom to get used to it. But also, dude, it's summer league. Like, it's Summer League, unbelievable to me that we've taken this thing in Vegas. God knows I love Vegas. It's my city. We've taken this exhibition that's preseason football, and we've turned it into a meaningful reason to evaluate somebody based on one game in Summer League. Like, here's what's going to happen with Women Yama. The first time he takes on a big boy in the middle, he's going to get absolutely thrashed and embarrassed. But guess what? Grown man strength versus kid strength? That should happen. So, like, I just think if we're freaking out this much versus this period, we're going to freak out forever. That is a great point. And probably my biggest takeaway in all of this is I can't believe they got me to watch Summer League. And, boy, do I feel bamboozled. <laughs> all right, guys, let's talk about Jägermeister. They could have written a totally normal ad here, like a really classic ad. They could have talked about their history, the 56 botanicals. It could have been all salesy and cutesy, but they know you don't care. Jägermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things. Jägermeister is great, but everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong? All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister U.S., White Plains, New York. 
Oh my god. Oh my god. One of the most unbelievable stories I had ever heard. Oh my god. We just wrapped up today's content, which is tomorrow's content. And this great story can't be listened to by our audience for maybe two days. You should be mortified. It has a chance to become my favorite piece of Stugat's content of all time. Stugat's talked to somebody for 20 minutes thinking they were somebody else. The somebody else went along with it. It's not just like a nobody. Stu mistook Jake Owen for Aaron Rodgers and was actually talking to Jake as if he was the quarterback of Stu's New York Jets. He thought he was talking to a Hall of Fame quarterback and he was talking to someone else. They had a 20 minute conversation. Oh no. Sugats, you're gonna you're gonna wear this one. You are far too chill right now. You have now. to. They had a 20 minute conversation. Identical twins, I mean, Jesus. Now, nope. the, now the hey, hey, hey start kind of makes a little <laughs> bit more sense. Credit to Jake Owen. Yep. Because he went with it once he realized what was going on. <laughs> so after we recorded, I we broke down the set. I was walking by, and Marty Fish, our good friend, mm -hmm. was driving past on a golf uh, golf cart. Marty Fish goes, Mike, Sugats thought Jake right. Owen was Aaron Rodgers. Confirmed. While Aaron Rodgers has 75 pounds on Jake Owen. Yep. And while he's got about seven inches on Jake Owen. Thank God, because I want my quarterback to be bigger. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I gotta be honest, <laughs> Keep up yeah. talking about how incredibly good he looked. <laughs> Listen, I will never have the relationship with Aaron Rodgers that I have with the guy that I thought was Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs> so the way that, I mean, that is the greatest conversation I've ever had with my quarterback. Mike, Mike, I've been thinking about this, and I've been thinking, like, just going through the details of the conversation. The many different ways I must have creeped out Jay going. <laughs> 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 and, like, it's kept me up most of the night. I'm a little tired. I got to be honest. Like you were hugging I him. In, I was hugging. I was patting him on the stomach. No, I'm like you're my quarterback. You're my quarterback. <laughs> and Jake Owen's going. Yeah, I am. I am because he started <laughs> to sink into it. I love you, Jake Owen, for doing it. All right, our next guest. I've had sleepless nights. I mean, I was up all night. I've been thinking about this all night. I've been running through the entire conversation I had with Jake Owen, who I thought was Aaron Rodgers yesterday. I, I am mortified, but sometimes, listen, you got to face your demons, and right now. I am facing one of my many demons. It's nice to be here. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm wondering Man. if you would have ever even had Jesus. me on your show in general if you hadn't have thought I was Aaron Rodgers. No, one of the most unbelievable stories I ever heard for a guy who covers sports and covers the NFL and knows Aaron Rodgers. So, Fitz, we have been dealing with the fallout of this for the last couple of days. I have been boots on the ground now and have some things to share here. But your reaction to this, as someone who we established, has lived in both of these worlds now, is the consummate sports professional. If there's one thing you know about Jason Fitz, he is going to walk into most situations over-prepared. How appalled are you by what we have seen from our friend Stu Gatz here? I, I, I don't understand how you make this mistake from a sheer width standpoint. Like, I've told you before, I never want my favorite team's quarterback to look like Field Yates. Love Field Yates, but Field, Field's a little guy, right? Like, I don't, like I've, I've hung out with Jake multiple times in my life. Jake Owen is a little bit taller than me and about a similar, like he's a similar build. Like Jake, Jake is not what he might be five ten, might be five ten. Aaron Rodgers. I'll give is him six. Si I'll give him six foot. I'll give him six foot. He's definitely not he's Aaron wearing, Rodgers height. I think Jake's about six foot. Jake must be wearing tall cleats over. That's all I'm saying. Like uh, something, something must be Jack. Jake is not a big dude. And also Jake doesn't sound anything like Aaron Rodgers. And I would get it if Stu Gatz wasn't really a football fan. But like if there's one person that we've all heard a ton of over the last year, two years, it's Aaron Rodgers, right? Like Jake Owen doesn't sound anything like Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't uh, he doesn't walk like Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't talk like Aaron Rodgers. Like this is an impossible mistake to make. I have no idea. And the fact that Jake is so nice that the whole time he just went along with it, Mind blown. Mind blown by Stu Gatz. Well, and, and so I saw Jake last night at the, the, the players only party that they have last night, which is an awesome event. I saw Jake there and I, he was talking to another friend of mine. I came up and introduced myself and I said, I am apologizing once again on behalf of our friend Stu Gatz for what happened here. 
And Jake went on to, again, try and soften the blow by telling this story about how that same day before, a woman had come up to him and said, oh, could you please take a picture with me and my friend? We're such big fans of yours. It would mean so much. Goes over and says, yeah, sure. Goes and takes the picture. And she says, oh, thanks so much, Aaron. Really appreciate it. As if that was to bail him out. And I tried to offer that to Stugatz again. And it was rightly pointed out what you said. Stugatz works in sports. Was on a show that routinely had Aaron Rodgers on over the years and is also a diehard Jets fan. All of these things that should be the cocktail separating him from the average fan walking up at Tahoe mistake. Because I can understand, Jason, if you weren't well acquainted with all the rest of that stuff and maybe don't appreciate the size of athletes, football players, basketball players, how you could see pre-haircut. These two, there is a little bit of similarity there if Jake were to let the beard go a little bit on the face when Aaron Rodgers was in more of his Nicolas Cage, Con Air face. I could see some of that, but all of the rest of that has made it inexcusable and now has me very worried because I was with him late last night. I saw Stugatz take a shot at tequila at midnight last night with nobody else. It was just him. And now is supposed to be out in 25 minutes going to caddy for my dad as my dad is trying to go and befriend Ray Romano with Stugatz in his hip pocket coming off this. Can, can we also acknowledge this speaks to what makes country music stars different, right? Like, I'll never forget when, when the band Perry, when we had the number one song in the world, and we were playing the American Music Awards, and we walked into the American Music Awards, and we said, hi, we're the band Perry. And the, the runner, the person that's there to, like, be your sort of guide backstage, walked up to us and was like, Okay, uh, no problem. The band pairing was like the band pairing. So they threw us in this little tiny dressing room. No big deal. We're used to that. It's fine. But I, I looked and I was like, y'all, this isn't our dressing room. They threw us in Katy Perry's band's dressing room. So they thought we were the band for Katy Perry. If I Die Young was the number one song in the world, and they thought we were the band for Katy Perry. Jake Owen has had so many number one hits. Like Jake Owen is this sort of guy that if you are a country music fan, you are aware of the fact that Jake can go out and sell out large arenas. He can sell out amphitheaters. He can do huge shows. Like he's had a ton of hits and he spent the whole day making it okay that somebody thought he was somebody else. That's kindness on a very different level. Although I've realized here and now to my own horror, and I will let you guys in on this in a second that the Stugatz is a lot stronger in me this morning than I could have possibly expected. And I already see Jason Fitz nodding his head because he knows why. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And now that the Boston Celtics have slayed the boogeyman in the Miami Heat, Boston fans, we feel a little bit more confident about the situation. You can decide right now, and if you're new to DraftKings, you can also check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Shocked and horrified at myself as I sit here making fun of Stu Gatz for mistaking Jake Owen for Aaron Rodgers. For all the reasons that we laid out, Stu Gatz should have known better. Within the body of the same show, where again, Jason Fitz and I have known each other for close to a decade now, worked with each other from the entirety of my six and a half years at ESPN have been familiar. Like you said, I was part of the origin story. I was on the first show Jason Fitz ever did with ESPN, the first TV show there. Have known him since then. And early in the show, as I'm comparing him and Ice Cube, who is a part of NWA, and Jason Fitz, who I 
mistakenly shoved into Lady Antebellum, a band he was very much not a part of, instead of the band Perry, which I have known he was a part of, and somehow Stu gots my way into here. So, Fitz, I am sorry. I am a hack. You can see, switching from radio to podcasting, I have fully degraded. My brain is mush right now. And now apparently you can get this. Someone go change Fitz's Wikipedia page and also give him Lady Antebellum credit. Uh, by the way, I Jake owned it. You're like, if you Stu Gotzed it, I owned it because I heard it. But here, here's the thing. We were talking about weird band names be, as we were getting ready for the show. And in that process, Lady A had come up. So when I heard you say Lady A, I was like, well, I'm not going to correct him because we were just talking about Lady A. I get it. It's no big deal. We went right along with it. So now I know, like, look, I get it. Uh, all this guy, like, I didn't stop my own friend and be like, whoa, 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 whoa. I think you know which band I was in. I love the fact that you didn't realize you were Stu Gotzing and I didn't realize I was Jake Owening until it actually happened. So there we go. Now we maybe we have more sympathy for both of them. Yeah, you know what this is? Maybe this is a reminder to approach every situation with empathy and try our, to try and do our best in understanding where people are coming from because everyone is on their own journey and they're fighting battles you couldn't possibly know about. Um, speaking of fighting battles, I'll tell you one that I have fought recently too much and talked about on here. Battles with the sun, and you don't want to go in and lose those, and that is where our friends at Knockaround come into play. Summer's in full swing, guys. It is hot. It is steamy, and the sun is doing its work. You need a great pair of shades that you don't have to baby. Knockaround is your go-to for quality polarized sunglasses that aren't going to break the bank. Plus, they just released the first nine teams of their MLB collection. You got the Red Sox, Yankees. I got Mariner shades out here. The U.S. women's soccer team, official sunglasses. You can add those to your match day outfits as we get the Women's World Cup coming up here. It's going to look great, so don't be the person squinting at the sun, trying to make out what's going on on the screen here, getting sand in your overpriced shades. Check out knockaround.com and get great-looking polarized shades starting at just $28, which fits, I know, is right up your alley as a man of frugal taste. $28 sunglasses, the absolute Jason Fitz approved. Yeah, uh, by the way, I love this. And, you, I mean, you mentioned match, and all I thought was, like, is this an offer? Like, maybe you and I go to a, a match in matching outfits so that the match matches the match, and then, like, we do, like, a whole thing out of it? No? This is why we don't invite you to the family golf tournament in the summer, because you do <laughs> things like this. <laughs> I thought it was because of the knickers. I thought it was because of the knickers. And, you know, I've been told that, you know, my repeated use of the word knickers makes some people uncomfortable. I don't know why. Like, it is what it is. Oh, like, they God. Are, they are delightful. Jason. <laughs> Jason, delightful. I care about you. I love you. <laughs> and you're right. You have worn those particular pants on past golf trips that we have gone on when we were a part of Golik and Wingo and went down to Pinehurst and you They're were a little jackass going down there shooting water guns at everyone while we were all trying to golf on this incredible course. But you couldn't pay me to say that word anywhere near a microphone and I'm terrified that you are. And so I'm going to do the right thing and redirect <laughs> us both away from a conversation about that fashion piece and towards a conversation about something that we know very well in college football, Jason. And I want to start off with this because he's my quarterback now speaking of being excited about our quarterbacks I would never mistake anybody for Sam Hartman and I saw him and Marcus Freeman were making the rounds doing the car wash over at ESPN the other day you can obviously check out the interview that we did with Sam Hartman on this podcast first weeks ago uh wherever you get your podcast and the DraftKings YouTube channel but Fitz did you see the story about Sam Hartman's rib that he had removed yeah, so yes, and by the way, not just because we're on this show together. I should tell you this. You know, I was lucky enough to cover college football, what, for the last six years for ESPN? Every Saturday, I sat in a huge conference room, watched every game. I have seen, I think, probably 80% of the snaps that Sam Hartman has taken. And I actually emailed, because Mel Kuyper Jr. is not a texter, I emailed Mel Kuyper Jr. last year on a Saturday, and I was like, somebody tell me why we're not talking about Hartman. Like, just in general, because you talk about ball placement, you talk about being able to read, you talk about getting the ball out quickly. Like, he does everything incredibly well, in my mind. And, you know, Mel gave me the usual well size and all of these concerns. I think Sam Hartman has the chance this year to blow up at Notre Dame in every possible way. But if I was already rooting for that because of the player, I'm rooting for that now because of the rib removal. And not just because you had a rib removed, which sounds incredibly painful and is a reminder I'm not a doctor. I have no idea how to do it. But the fact that he then gives the rib to his mom and says, keep this because he wants to turn it into jewelry. I need this man to get drafted so that he can walk across the stage in a Patrick Mahomes, like perfectly fitted suit with no shirt on underneath. And the only thing you see on the chest, because in my mind, it's a perfectly waxed chest. And on that perfectly waxed chest sits 
this piece of beautiful jewelry that is his rib. I need this. I, I honestly, I'm glad you're manifesting this vision because you're right. It's the perfect future for Sam Hartman because it also assumes that everything goes great this year, like you said at Notre Dame, I and mean, he's a huge <laughs> success and he gets to be a gigantic, awesome draft pick. But yeah, he wants to turn his own rib into a shark tooth necklace. So anyone that doesn't remember at the start of last season, Sam Hartman was dealing with some health issues that actually had him miss time during the preseason and miss one game in the regular season there. He needed surgery after he was diagnosed with Paget-Schroeder syndrome, uh, which gave him some issues with blood clotting, and he had to have a rib that was up near his collarbone as the light just goes out on the back of my thing here. So now you get me on darkness on YouTube. But he had to get a rib removed on the back uh, near his collarbone to alleviate some of the blood vessel pressure there so he wouldn't have the issues with blood clotting anymore. And you're right, he gave it to his mom. And shout out to his mother, Lisa Hartman, for being a real one here because she not only has been holding on to this rib, but apparently went and procured a special type of peroxide that's about 20% or 30% stronger than what can be bought in a store and had the rib soaked in that for 24 hours multiple times so that it wouldn't rot. And it's also to get rid of the flesh that was on the rib. That's a real one. There are a lot of moms out there, and shout out to my own mom, who love their kids, who would go above and beyond for them. I'm not sure we have many Lisa Hartmans out there who would be willing to go and risk potentially, like Sam said, ending up on an FBI watch list for going and buying the chemicals that you saw on Dexter when he's melting people in the basement of his kill rooms. She went out and did that for her son so he could have the most cool, unique piece of jewelry possible. Shout out to Lisa. That's the kind of mom I want over here on the Notre Dame side. We are happy to have her aboard the ship. There are two important follow-up questions that I have yet to see an answer to. Number one, what happens to the rest of the rib? Because a shark tooth size rib, is that's not going to take the whole rib. Like, is the rest of the rib just being thrown out all this preservation just for a little portion of the rib, or do they keep the rest of the rib for something else? Number two, and this is where I really want to be a fly on the wall. I just want to be in the room when she brings it in to whoever does this magical jewelry making and says, I've got this rib, and I need this human rib turned in to a, a piece of jewelry. Like, it just feels like that's the sort of thing that gets a call. Like, the local authorities have to be called at some point. Like, there has to be a call ahead of, like, hey, I'm taking my kid's ribbon. I don't want this to become an issue. Like, I just want you guys to be aware. There are so many weird follow-up questions to that process to me that I, I wish we could get some sort of a documentary made of the making of the jewelry piece. Not so I can see what the final product looks like, but just to see the look on every person's face along the way that's asked to make the jewelry out of this rib. Well, and the other, so you're right, delicate protocol around rib business. I think we can all establish that, right? This isn't your baby <laughs> back ribs. This isn't the stuff that we're used to. This is a very different kind of rib business. So we've got to approach this with care. The other part that's difficult about this, and it's why I made such a point to preface this with, this was done because of a health issue is Fitz, as you know, people of a certain age hear rib removal and your mind only really goes to one thing. I'm not going to say what that thing is, but if you know, you know. And so obviously going into a place with a rib that's been removed, you're going to have most people, I would say, under a certain age thinking the same thing. And we don't want them thinking that thing because that thing's not true about the person they're thinking the thing about. Wait, it's, so it's not true. Oh, well, see, now we learned that it's not true. Uh, you know, here's the thing, too. If you are of a certain age and you hear rib removal, you just giggle. I don't care how professional you want to be. You just giggle. Like the, the, the entire process here is a little like we're walking a very thin line, Mike, and it's just a giggly. That's all I'm going to say. It's just a giggly line. Uh, and for sure, she's also got to clarify. No, it was, it was taken out for medical reasons. Like she, every time she brings that somewhere, she's going to have to say, this is my son's rib removed for medical reasons in a very normal procedure that then I, I then had a chemical removed the flesh from, and I would now like it turned in to shark soup. But you have to, as a Notre Dame fan, you got to feel good, right? Like, cause there's a certain swagger you want from your quarterback, getting your rib removed and turning it into jewelry is the exact sort of quarterback swagger I need. I want that from my favorite team's quarterback. I knew he was a great player. I did not realize he was this metal, and that is 100%. You're absolutely right why I am so excited. A dog is in the house right now, and he is ready to lead that team to victory. Um, fits outside of my fascination with Sam Hartman. Obviously, one of the bigger stories going into college football this season, certainly, 
transfer portal quarterback going to Notre Dame, a guy with that kind of accomplishment in the ACC, what he's meant to that conference there. Fitz, as we get ready now, conference media days are starting. The Big 12 media days have just been going on here recently this week. Is there a story you're most interested in heading into this college football season? Because I think I just saw we're about 50 or 60 days from the kickoff of week zero and things really getting going here. I think we're sleeping a little bit on the pressure cooker of the Big 12 uh, this year because you mentioned media days. And I know we all have expectations for Texas, but like, let's be real. If every year you made it a shot drink, uh, a shot challenge, every time we say Texas is back, you'd never make it through a single Saturday when they win. We're, we're like, we're begging Texas to be back. When I was traveling with game day a few years ago, it was, well, Texas is back. And then all of a sudden they weren't right. Like, so is Texas actually back? But also the level of pressure that's on Sark to come out and have a monster showing. And, you know, I know we all expect that Quinn Ewers is going to come out and be the quarterback that everybody dreams Quinn Ewers could be. But also, you got Arch Manning, who, according to most insiders, got record NIL money to go there. They're not paying record NIL money for him to go there and not play. So I think there is pressure at the quarterback position. There's pressure on Texas. There's pressure to show that you can win the Big 12. Because, believe it, like right now, if you don't win the Big 12, you are up a creek. When you go to the SEC, because whatever Texas is now in the Big 12, they are a third or fourth best team at best. If everything breaks right for Texas, they are not better than Georgia. If everything breaks right for Texas, they're probably not sustainably better than Alabama. If everything breaks right for Texas in the SEC, they're on the level of Tennessee. They're competing to try and be the top team in the in their respective divisions. Uh, the one thing I'll push back on is if everything breaks right, I disagree. If everything breaks right, because the one thing you heard up and down the Big 12 from everybody who played Texas last year is, oh, yeah, if we're just talking about dudes, Texas should win every game because they still are recruiting dudes, right? Like B. John Robinson just went you know, generational talent at running back. You look up and down the roster this year. Like you mentioned, Quinn Ewers is supposed to be a guy. Xavier Worthy, a wide receiver, someone everyone's excited about. Kelvin Banks at left tackle is supposed to be a dude that's eventually like a first-round draft pick. And so if it breaks right and you were absolutely able to maximize the talent across that roster finally, you'd be in a different spot. But you do bring up the elephant in the room, which is this is about the SEC move, right? Sark said it'd be a great way to go out if we were to win the Big 12 this year and the last year in that season. But you had Sonny Dykes as the coach of TCU getting up there and talking about the decisions a lot of these teams are making. And he used Missouri as the example. He said, quote, Missouri was playing in a lot of Big 12 championships. Haven't seen that much in the SEC. A&M was a competitive program. Not as often now. I don't know about you, but UCLA and Rutgers feels like a natural rivalry to me. His point was you got a lot of these teams that look like they're taking the bag to go to these other conferences and be middle of the pack here. I see you smirking already, as I know he took a few creative liberties there. But in general, that's kind of how you're looking at Texas. And I'm actually wondering, Fitz, if that might be more what Oklahoma fans get a little bit worried about now since year one for Brent Venables didn't go the way that they all wanted, especially after the hot start that they had. Well, and, and you're right that Texas at least has a backload uh, of talent, right? There's no doubt about that. I, I'm a little cynical when it comes to talent because Jimbo certainly has talent every year. hasn't mattered at A&M to the level that they thought it would matter. Nobody has more talent than Georgia. But if you're looking at Oklahoma, you got to look squarely at Brent Venables. And, and here's the crazy thing to me. Brent, as you know, one of the best coordinators we've ever seen in college football, right? Like Brent, not good. Brent's great. Brent's legendary, right? But at some point, it doesn't matter how legendary you are. If you don't have a quarterback, you do not win. Now, I, I understand that we can all say Dylan Gabriel is going to look much better in the offense year two. He's going to be more comfortable. That is the annual sales pitch of every team that doesn't really have their quarterback yet, right? Like, it's just one of those things. I'll buy it when I see it. And Brent Venables, the one thing that you always say when a, when a coordinator becomes a head coach, the question is never about the side of the ball they're great on. It's about the other side of the ball. Does Oklahoma have some pieces? Sure, but could I see Oklahoma still somehow finishing third in the Big 12, fourth in the Big 12? I mean, maybe if things don't if things don't break right, and that's not the version of Oklahoma that wants to go into the SEC because then you're going to be looking at your head coach and saying, maybe we don't have our guy. Like, that's the last thing you want is to be moving to the SEC while you're making a coaching change that's trying to compete with coaches that make more and are frankly probably better than what they do than you are. Yeah, listen, Fitz, that's totally understandable is – 
the ground changed under their feet at the most inopportune time, right? I think that's what this all underscores, right? Is when you had Lincoln Riley there, you were blue chip stock in college football. You understood exactly who you were. You had an identity and how you recruited and what you were capable of, especially offensively. And now you're right. Now you're going into all this uncertainty at a time that matters most to you there. And that's where Texas has lived. Now they've got a chance because what Oklahoma had in Lincoln Riley Texas does have in Sark from the offensive standpoint. Like that offense has been a sure commodity, basically no matter what, going back two years ago when you had Hudson Card and those guys rotating through at quarterback, that offense still hummed. And when we saw Quinn Ewers healthy before that injury in the Alabama game last year, that offense will continue to hum because Sark's a decided schematic advantage. It's going to be, as always, can you withstand the noise because – Texas as the way its boosters and the people around that program see it and the way that college football seen it have been very different things in recent years. That much was definitely true. And, and that's where I think when I say Texas middle of the pack, it's not that, look, with Sark and with this talent, even if things go wrong, Texas is only going to lose a couple of games max, right? Like the problem is the expect, and not the problem, but the reality is the expectation for Texas from the boosters, from the money. Uh, when you talk about Sark, the expectation is that you're a college football playoff team. The expectation is that you're going to go to the SEC and you're going to consistently be able to beat or stand with Alabama and Georgia. Now, I know Alabama has no no idea what their quarterback situation looks like. And if there's ever been a year, maybe you think you could catch Bama. Some people would say it's this year, but how many times have we heard that, right? Like, we hear that constantly, right? And this is the year where, like, I'm not going to bet against Saban. So suddenly I'm looking at, at Sark and saying for all the advantages that he presents, Texas is in a situation where for the next decade they could be a 10-win team. Problem is 10 wins is not something that's going to keep this fan base. Like, I think playoff expansion actually helps Texas because if they can constantly get into the playoffs, maybe they'll have a chance to win a natty. And if they win a natty through a great playoff run, all bets change. But right now, as the system is, at least for this year, it just gets tougher and tougher. Yeah, I, I do think, and the conversation about Sark relative to that at Texas or really anywhere is a general coaching conversation about how little leeway most of these guys get. Now, they're protected financially because agents like Jimmy Sexton have done the Lord's work on behalf of their client and gotten them these massive long-term deals after success in the front end of a lot of their tenures. But in general, you're not given a ton of time to succeed in today's college football. And one point that I've heard a lot of people make is, you do wonder if college football playoff appearances, even if an expanded playoff, will be enough to satisfy some fan bases to give these coaches a little bit more leeway. Will a Steve Sarkeesian get more leeway if you've got Texas making an expanded playoff as a member of the SEC, even if they don't go on and win a national championship, even if they lose in round one or round two or whatever it ends up being? Isn't there proof of concept of that in the NFL? I mean, if you are consistently a wild card team in the NFL, you rarely fire your coach for that, right? Like there is a level of, hey, we were two games away from the Super Bowl. We were three games away. Like we we made it to the next level. I, I think to that end, for sure, coaches like Sark are going to have more grace because they have the opportunity to make a playoff. And then all you got, you win one playoff game and it changes the way everybody sees you, even if you don't get to the national championship. Right now, it's either you're in the playoff or bust. When they expand that thing, I do think it, it keeps high-level coaches at high-level programs there longer. It is usually indicative of success in other places, right? Michigan is the most recent example of this where getting to the college football playoff, again, a four-team version versus the expanded version, but it meant you beat your rival, which is always important in these conversations. Boosters have egos, and you won your conference's championship the way Michigan did. And so all those things factor in and swirl into all of the change that's getting ready to happen under your feet. And you're right, the Big 12 is a great proxy for college football overall. All right, time to finish off this show the way we always do. Uh, this, that, and the third, three quick stories to end the day and send you off into the weekend this time. As always, as Fitz enjoys, download, subscribe, rate, review, leave us that five-star rating. Tell us what a great job Jason Fitz did hanging out with us today. You like that, Jason? Yeah, will you write that out for me so that I can like start to learn that download rate review subscribe? I don't know. It's too many. It's too many. It's too many. Can we get like an acronym made? Like we could do an acronym that spells something, and then all of a sudden, like you could get the whole army of Gojo fans spelling some random word, and then they'll shout it out to you in the airport. I'm just here to help. I'm just here to help, buddy. 
All right, there we go. We can workshop that right now. I'll, uh, I'll, uh, we can invoice me for that, and we'll give you the full credit for it when we figure that out. But in the meantime, I'm just going to belch words, and I'm going to throw some stories at you as we get to the end of the day. And let's start off with this, Fitz. Uh, Quinton Williams finally got the deal he so richly deserved for the New York Jets. The all-pro defensive tackle signed a four-year, $96 million extension that included $66 million guaranteed. It's the largest guarantee in Jets franchise history. It beat CJ Mosley's $51 million, and he's 25 years old, so he's going to be due for another one very soon. Fitz, the only thing that really stuck out to me about this, because he deserves it, he had a phenomenal season last year, part of a Jets defense that really showed out. I appreciate that there have now been, I believe, four defensive tackle contracts signed after Aaron Donald signed his most recent extension, and still none have eclipsed him in terms of guaranteed money. So the idea that every defensive tackle contract negotiation starts with, well, we're not going to pay you as much as Aaron Donald, and everyone just sort of nods their head at the table in agreement and moves on is incredible to me and a testament to what a scary man he is. It's also Mahomesian. Like, how often have you and I in our years working together said, hey, next man up? It's not about being better than somebody. It's about the fact that, you know, you're the next man up and your contract's going to be bigger. Well, what we've seen with Mahomes at the quarterback position and Aaron Donald at the defensive tackle position is that, frankly, they become ceilings. So, like, it is stop the next man up process and everybody walks in the room and says, well, I mean, you're no Aaron Donald. Like, let's be real about this. And the fact that both sides negotiating understand that from the outset, like, as long as Aaron Donald is in the league getting paid, Aaron Donald will be the peak value at the defensive tackle position, which I'm sure owners across the NFL greatly love. Yes, although it should be noted technically, according to roster management system, Quinnen's $66 million guaranteed double, uh, tops Aaron Donald's by $1 million in guaranteed money. But in terms of average annual value, Quinnen making twenty four a season, Aaron Donald making $31.7 million a season after that latest extension. So there's always a way for everyone to feel very, very good. Um, Fitz, speaking of feeling good, let's get to that. Uh, as uh, everyone has noted, Lionel Messi coming over to play in MLS uh, over stateside, getting ready to take his talents to South Beach. And a picture surfaced over this week of Messi down in Florida, apparently shopping at Publix, completely unbothered by anyone in the store. He appears to be out here, normal man like everybody else. And Fitz, I know you and I were both attracted to the same thing in this picture, not the fact that one of the biggest stars in the world when it comes to soccer, one of the greats of all time, was there unbothered, but the fact that he appears to have a lot of cereal in his grocery cart there. I'm seeing what looks like Reese's Puffs. I think some Lucky Charms in there. He's got good taste. Yeah, what we've learned here is that he obviously doesn't partake in the same things that I partake in to have a good time uh, in the middle of the night because I can't have cereal in the house. Like I get some munchies and then all of a sudden I'm just raging through every box of cereal that's anywhere near. Messi is showing the world that he's obviously a beacon of health at everything he puts in his body. There's no way a man that succumbs to the temptation of anything is putting that much cereal in his house. I, I refuse to believe it. I, well, listen, Fitz, I don't think you need drugs to succumb to cereal. Like, all you need is my crippling addiction to sugar. Like, I cannot keep the stuff. I'm the same way as you. I can't keep the stuff in the house. My parents buy it. And so anytime I visit them, like a, a moth to the flame, I am immediately going to the pantry, and my body just starts pouring a bowl of cereal. And I can never just have one. The whole box has to die. And so Messi just maybe the reason he is as great as he's been, and he's accomplished as much as he is, and everyone in Inter-Miami is excited as they are, is because he has got the willpower to resist this or he has kids yeah also he has a net worth according to the google machine of over 600 million bucks you don't have a personal shopper like I, that's the most stunning part of this too like he doesn't just have somebody that he he says text and like hey go get the groceries like messy out there a man of the people i kind of like this yeah, no, listen, uh, gotta love that one. Already going in and ingratiating himself in the culture of Florida, which, as everyone knows, is his Publix. I can't wait to hear. I'm sure he's going to get asked in an interview, is he a pub-sub guy? How does he feel about all that? So we'll wait with bated breath to see where he shops next. This is kind of like when Giannis came to America and decided he was going to go and try everything, used to document smoothies he would have. We obviously had the famed trip to Chick-fil-A. So I would... I would actually love Fitz a messy food tour through South Beach. I feel like much as you're getting into the influencer game, maybe Messi can do the same in a little bit of a different way now with his American stardom. Getting messy in Miami. Come on, getting Ooh. messy in Miami. Gotta go. Oh, 
Got a whole thing here. Look, I don't know if I'm an influencer, but I certainly know that I'm a title maker. There you go. I got you getting, building acronyms. I got getting messy in Miami. Hit me up, Lionel. I'll be, I'll be here for you. Messy, baby, call us. We got ideas and you've got money to spend. <laughs> you can afford. I would normally say you probably can't afford me. Messy can afford us several times over here. And yes, I am hitching my wagon to Fitz's idea and taking partial credit because it happened on our air. Um, Fitz, let's get to the third here. Philip Rivers cannot be stopped. According to TMZ <laughs> yesterday, Philip Rivers and his wife are expecting their 10th child on the way. The former Chargers and Colts quarterback revealed the news this week saying their new baby boy is set to arrive this fall. Said everyone was pulling for a boy. Even our girls wanted a boy. He currently fits, has nine kids that range from the ages of four to 21 with his wife, Tiffany. And apparently, I didn't know this, having tons of babies just runs in the Rivers family. His parents, both of them, came from nine child households. They thought that was going to be the number. They said God had a different plan. Fitz, all I could say is, once again, congrats on the sex. It's just what an incredible legacy he's left behind where now if he plays all-time quarterback, he's got a full roster ready to take on offenses and defenses around the league. He has nine between the ages of four and 21. His wife is a saint. All right, that's number one. We've learned his wife is a saint. And hopefully they have 72 nannies to help out. But also, like, you know, you always say every musician wants to be a, uh, an athlete and every athlete wants to be a musician. I think Nick Cannon and Philip Rivers are basically just going after each other. They're both trying to set records. I'm, I'm looking for a Nick Cannon-Philip Rivers family tug-of-war battle. Like in five years, just give us tug-of-war where it's only the Cannons versus the Rivers, and we'll see who actually wins the whole thing. This is the content America needs. Give me pros versus Joes, but instead it's Cannons, Rivers, and we'll see which family gets more uh, action in the tug-of-war. You know how they always do those – images of this is what the average person is going to look like in 2045 as you know different population changes here and a different makeup of you know racially as people get together i feel like in 30 years everyone is just going to look like some version of philip rivers and nick cannon like we're all going to somehow be related to them because they have just had they have been fruitful and multiplied at a level and rate that only exists in the bible it is literally characters from the bible and then philip rivers and nick cannon they are the only ones carrying the word into the modern era now you've got me convinced that what we need to do is build a compound somewhere for the cannons and rivers to live in the same city so if there's ever a zombie apocalypse and the world needs to be repopulated just presuming these genetics run like and the cannons and the rivers all get along maybe we could repopulate the entire earth just one cannon rivers marriage at a time i mean it's just we're just we're just gonna mix and match and before you know it bam global population everywhere I can say I do love in every post-apocalyptic movie, you have the people that are sit around like trying to figure out what should we do? Like, what's my role going to be in this new burgeoning society? How am I going to help all this? And you would have both of them back there be like, well, if you're looking for someone to help repopulate the earth, I assure you I could exist <laughs> and would be happy to lend my services. Um, Fitz, we are happy that you lent your services to us today. Uh, thank you so much, sir. At Jason Fitz on social media is where you can find all of his social media influence going on right now. He is a fitness influencer. He is a food influencer. And more than anything, he is a friend of our program. Thank you, buddy. We appreciate you. We appreciate everybody uh, for downloading, subscribing, rating, and reviewing, leaving us that five-star rating. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday. Go, go. Boom. Money in the bank. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.